Welcome to the Tanya Acker Show. Oliver James went through 12 years of school and graduated functionally illiterate. Listen as he tells the story of how that happened and what his journey toward literacy has meant for him and his life. Here I am with Oliver James. He really is a gift. Oliver, thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you for having me. Tell me, what was your first memory of school? What's the first thing that you remember about it? First thing that comes to my mind is someone taking my bag of chips. (laughs) 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 It's kind of wild, but the first time I've ever like acknowledged like mistreatment, I think someone took my bag of chips, but she took the bag of chips and she was eating them. And then when I told the teacher they were mine, she told the teacher, no, they were hers. And I realized at that moment that someone was capable of doing something that I didn't even know was possible. I've read about sort of your experience in special education. And I think for a lot of people, it's hard to think about or hard to understand how someone can spend time in school and not learn how to read. So talk about like when you were younger, what was the educational, the school experience like for you? It's hard because it was a world. It was just like a circus. It was just a lot of putting me places that people thought I should be, but I knew exactly where I should be. You know, I should have been at home trying to figure out what life was about, but they were just trying to figure out where to put me while life was going about, if that makes any sense. So it was just put me in a school and I wouldn't be able to function at all. It, it would just be locking me in rooms to just try to calm me down. Or there was nothing there to come and, and make me feel welcome where I was at. It was more of like, you're here to do something. And if you don't do it, this is the repercussions. It sounds like you're, you really experience school primarily as a place of discipline and not a place of education. When did you leave school? How many years did you complete? I left my senior year and I went back to community college and tried to finish off one year of community college. I never really went to school. It's really complicated. It's hard to explain. I learned how to be a part of something that wasn't like happening. I just was able to be a part of it. Kind of like I was on the team, but I wasn't playing, if that makes any sense. So I was able to get in school, but do nothing. So you would go to school and what, not go to class, sit in class, not engage, like just explain to me. So you're in 12th grade, right? You're a senior. Explain to me what a day, what one day, like your average day of your senior year is is like for you. Argue with my mom a little bit about going to school. And then she finally takes me there, drop pretty much engaged with all the kids in the school, have a great time. Life is amazing. And then we go to our first period, which my class was just one class the whole day. It was never like switching periods. So I would go to like my homeroom class, which would be the class I would be in all day. And I would just sit there with my hood up and probably go to sleep. And that's it. Or they would tell me to get out of their class and go to the office. And I would sit in the office and stare at a room like a wall all day. And that would be school for the whole year. Was this a part of some sort of special education program? Yeah, special ed. That's what it was. I was in special ed like since I was like first grade. I had never been in like regular classes. Why were you in special ed? What was your diagnosis? I don't know. To tell you the truth, I, I kind of just go off of whatever I know now. I have ADHD, OCD, PTSD, you know. I got a whole list of letters. I don't know if they even knew that. They kind of just figured it as they went along. Like, you know, maybe I was being defiant or bad or something, but I was just 
you know, I was just, maybe my mind was just a little different than other people. How did you experience not being able to read when you're out with other people, you know, when you're out with your friends? Did you have uh, tactics or tricks that you used so as to camouflage the fact that you, you were functionally illiterate. What did you do? The masking I'm learning. I'm just learning that now. That's another thing. Learning something that you do that you don't know you do. Uh, masking. Uh, I became amazing at that. I used to watch movies and just like mimic what they did when they went out to restaurants or, you know, even how I, I talk. You know, I, a lot of people don't realize I can change my dialect because of masking. So right now I'm doing it because I want to be on your show and I want to be able to speak proper. But I can jump into a whole other dialect and be somebody completely different because that might be something that can keep me safe in that environment. But right now I'm safe being like an intelligent person, you know, so I don't have to act like a, some other environment. So that's how I learned how to move like around the world, you know, act accordingly and you'll be addressed appropriately. <laughs> if that makes any sense. And you picked all of this up, not because you were able to read, but because you were able to mask, to to mimic, to do what others were doing, which um, some really would point out is quite a skill mm. in and of itself. So you graduate, you are not really able to read, mm -hmm. but you're able to mask and to kind of fit into different environments mm -hmm. um, so you can fit in. At some point, you run into some trouble with the law. It was a, a gun trafficking issue. How do you get involved in that situation? You know, it's hard to even explain how you get involved. You're born into it. You know, people that you're around kind of just live that life. So my situation was I went to a barber shop one day and the barber was just a guy who hung out there. And one day I came in like any other young, little naive what 19 year old 18 year old kid and i was just talking junk with him and he was like give me a ride home and i gave him a ride home and he gave me a couple bucks and he was like you want to keep doing this let me know and it kind of just turned into like one thing led to another like okay drive me here and i'll give you this much money and i'm like cool i'm just a kid i don't really know nothing i don't care just give me the money then he's like go pick this up find this person pick this up bring this here you just kind of like whatever all right sounds good I can't, ain't no harm or no shame in this and the next thing you know you get in trouble and then you look at the circumstances of everything that went like down and you're like, I'm just, I'm just ignorant. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm even doing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm playing a, I'm playing a big man's game. I'm over here doing something I don't belong doing. And you, you don't know it because you have no guidance, no, no structure. I can't read. So I'm following whatever's cool, whatever can take me somewhere farther than I was in that moment. <laughs> what happened when you got in trouble? How did you realize that, you know, this thing that you thought you were doing just to get along and get by and make some extra money. Um, when did it have real consequences for you? Truth, when, when money got in trouble, you know, that, but that's everybody's story. You know, you, you kind of know that you're going to reach that point sometime in life. I'm lucky that you know, I was able to make a decision that you know, ultimately you know, sues me best instead of, you know, other people in the world. I, I chose to go a route that, you know, most people won't do because it's corny. Let's just be 100% honest. You know, I'm going to be the person to be real with people. It ain't cool to be out here talking about reading. And this is my dialogue switch. You know, This is how I can talk to the people who understand. It's like, hey, listen, you're not going to get no people. Nobody's going to be on your side or be cool with you because you're out here talking about books and stuff. You're not going to get no girls like that. That's not, of course, yeah, you're not going to get the ones you want. But you're going to get the things that you really want deep down inside of your soul when you start doing things that can elevate you and educate you. You can go beyond your little city and your little home and 
you know, that's where I'm at with my mind with, with things when it comes to this. I mean, and that's really, Oliver, why I wanted to have you on. You know, it's not so much to kind of talk about where you came from, but I think that that's important because it says a lot to people about how you go from where one was to where one wants to be, especially when you're dealing with something that, you know, I'll be real too, can be embarrassing. What did it feel like being in environments and you knew you couldn't read, mm -hmm. you knew you could mask, but you knew that you couldn't engage to the fullest extent. What was that like for you? It was like living a life as somebody else all your life. You never live in your life. You always live in someone else's life. You're always following someone else's footsteps, you know? And to me, I, I didn't want to keep doing that. It just, it literally is, if everything, something is cool, you want to be a part of it. If something has a buzz or any energy behind it, you go chase it. You have no stimulating for yourself. I could not stimulate myself. I couldn't do nothing to make me feel happy for me. It had to be what's happy for everybody else. And when I started learning how to read, I'm like, this is mine. Like, you know, can't nobody take this. This belongs to me. It could be corny. It could be fun. It could be, but I'm like, I, I could, I get to keep this. You know, that is when I start to realize I'm like, there's decisions that could be made here. Like, yeah, this, this is different. <laughs> so how do you get to that place? You graduate from high school having been basically just pushed from one grade to the next, clearly with some sort of learning or cognitive disability. Nobody, I mean, do you, does anybody ever test you? Do you meet with school psychologists? Are you given like tests to sort of see what you understand? I mean, is anybody doing anything to try to work with you uh, in order to try to get the best out of whatever the situation is? I remember like most people probably do and they're probably going to like see this too. You take, you go to like one room, they ask you a bunch of questions. You're kind of ignorant to it because you don't want to answer them because your family already got you feeling like you shouldn't be in there answering questions. And then you come out and next thing you know, <clears throat> you're in a class, you're in some special class or something. Then like, you know, maybe like four or five years later, they do it again. This time you're like, man, I'm done coming in these rooms, you know, and y'all asking me these same questions or whatever it is. Like, and then they put you back in another class, like, and, and, and they don't tell you what you're labeled. Don't tell you what your diagnosis is. Like, at least from my standpoint, you know, I don't even know how I graduated. I'll be a hundred percent honest. Like I was one of those kids that used to just be sitting under the, the bleachers while school was going on half the year. <laughs> so it was really, it's really weird to explain, but I was just getting through. That's it. Functionally illiterate, but yet you graduated. You have a high school diploma. They mm -hmm. gave you a high school diploma after having passed you through many, many grades, but you still find yourself unable to read. I want to go back to something that you said, because you said that you would go into these rooms and people are testing you and you're kind of hearing from your family that something is not right here. What was your experience like with your family? How did they engage with you as you were dealing with all of this at school? From looking at it from this point of view now, they engaged with me the way they knew how to engage with me, you know? They didn't really uh, understand it. Truth, yeah, how many people do? And how many people do understand you? Nobody really understands you. So it's hard because 
they were just trying to do the best they could do with what they had. That's all they could really do from looking at it from this standpoint of view. Now I'm like, they did great. They went above and beyond from where they were supposed to go above and beyond that. That was all they could do. And now I look at it and I'm like, I can't be mad at them. I'm like, cause I know now to do a, a lot more than maybe what them and a lot of other people have done. I find myself sometimes sitting on the couch and not doing nothing. So who am I to blame? <laughs> so it's just one of those things you start to realize it. It humbles me to realize that my family has been sometimes the, the, the best motivation and sometimes the worst motivation because of their do's and their don'ts. They, their actions have shown me so much. And sometimes their actions were great. Sometimes their actions were bad enough for me to say, I'm going to be greater than that. <laughs> when you say that, you mean sometimes they did things that kind of inspired you to want to do things differently? Is, oh, is that, yeah. do I understand you right? Oh, yeah. Now let's go back to you because, you know, you've mentioned that there are these other people around you who influence you uh, in, in different ways, some, some positive, some, uh, you know, sometimes when things don't happen as they should, that's an inspiration. There is some drive, some force within you that causes you to say, you know what, as you put it, it may be corny to try to change my circumstances, but I'm going to do it. When do you make that decision? When do you say, you know what, I want to like own life for me. I'm tired of masking and parroting other people. When do you make that decision? I decided to make that decision the day I decided to come into this world. Like then you would know, because from as much as I've been through, I realized every single thing I've been through was supposed to get me right here, even on this show. So I don't really, it, it's hard for people to, for, for me to explain that because I could say, yeah, I decided last year. And then I decided last month when I, when I decided something, you know, someone said something to me, Oh, I decided when I was in high school and someone hurt me, but I realized my whole life has been leading up to me to get right here and say, this is what it is. Like people who got this going on in their life, people who got struggles, people who are going through something you got, I'm here. I'm here to let you know, like, listen, so do I. We see you, people see you, no one wants to say nothing. I'll say it. Like we're going to fight together. We're going to go through things together, but it, it can't just, it's never going to be, did I make it up in 2020? Yeah. Then then the next year goes by and I'm like, no, no, this is when it really happened. And then the, right now, like last month, I went through something so deep. I'm like, no, 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 this is what happened. I'm really making a decision. You couldn't get me to come on a live and speak like I'm speaking right now up two months ago because I wasn't this person. I had to grow into this person. This had to come from things that I had to see things in my own mind, my own fears, and then sit back and say, this is it. I'm coming. I ain't showing up on no shows, no different with no other energy. It's coming with a whole nother energy now because I know I stepped into another place that happened just two, three weeks ago. So then you could say like, dang, like you, when did you become this, this person right here? I'm like three weeks ago, three weeks ago, when somebody jumped on one of my comments and would say some things like you, you're lying about a reader. You could read really great. I'm like, so now I've become controversial because I'm a good reader. When I used to be a non-reader, I'm like, Oh, so then that changes a person. Immediately, you start to become a different person immediately because those comments start to put you in a different world. So then that's why I, was, I can explain, yeah, these things have been happening when I got restrained in school and I was being held on a wall. And I said, one day, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to say something about what you're doing to me. And now I'm doing it. So like you could say, oh, it happened then. I was saying it then. I'm going to tell on you, bro. <laughs> You're going to get told on one day. It just took me some years. Now I'm on the news. I'm on everywhere. You seeing it and you're going to keep seeing it. 
You know, it's interesting that you say that because everything that we are and are doing right now at any particular moment is the result of a sum total of experiences that came before us, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a really, that's mm -hmm. a powerful thought. All of those desires and wishes and things can be there, but unless you take an action, unless you do something, right, to like light the spark, then you may not get on the show and have the platform and be on the, you know, huge venues. I mean, I'm so yes. honored and grateful that you took time to be here with me today because you did something that ignited a spark in your life. It kind of led to the activation of all of these decisions that you made before. And as I understand it, in a moment of real vulnerability, you posted a video about training and you just put out there that mm -hmm. you couldn't read. Yep. What made you decide to be so vulnerable in that moment? I was a person that literally didn't forget. I I've been waiting for these moments. Like I knew this, like I was like, I'm going to one day be able to change my circumstances. I just don't know how it's going to happen. It was a, a right time, the right like place, like internet, TikTok. My lady literally was like, you need to be you. Like, I, I'm with you and I know how you are. The world will love you if you just be you. Because the person that you're being is not, it's not a happy person, like, to the world. Like, it's not fully you. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like, when I went on there, I was just like, it was all the emotions I could think of because I was bottled up. But I, rem I knew I was being the person of, you know, like, showing my lady, like, I could be... I could be different. And she's just like, but you ain't being that. Like, you got to let go. And I was just like, that was it. Like, I, I started to think about all the things that happened when I was a kid. What happened over here? What happened over here? And I was like, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Oh, like, it was one of those things where it's just like, people don't realize they're so bottled up with all the things they created. Like, you be cheating, be lying, doing little things and don't know it. And one day you just be like, man, how can I just be free from this? And I was just like, tell the truth. In your case... It's really bottled up yeah. because you're going through your day pretending to be something, understand yes. things yeah. and comprehend <laughs> things that you're not even, you're yes. just, yes. you know, repeating back yes. what you're getting. Yes. For 35 um, years. Like, for 35 yes. years, Oliver. I mean, I, I have to tell you, I, I read that you aspire <laughs> to be a motivational speaker yeah. I just like aspire my eye, you are, because you have really, so, you have embodied the power of making a decision, yeah. um, you know, in whatever circumstances you're born into, whatever your family does or doesn't do for you, nobody's family's perfect. And whatever they do or do at some point, you've got to adult up mm -hmm. and take responsibility for the way your life is living. Mm -hmm. You did that. Talk to people, um, you know, from just a really honest space, because I think that it's hard for a lot of people to understand, frankly, what it must be to like go through life just mimicking things, you know, to not really. I mean, there's mm. so much power in being able, there's so much power in a word, mm. you know, and being able to digest it and being able to use it. Talk to people about how they light the match. Like, what's the thing that you say to somebody that makes them kind of think, you know what, now is your moment to re-engineer your whole life. Mm. Now is your moment to light the spark of your life. Mm. Uh, 
how do you communicate that to people other than just telling your incredibly powerful story? I first like to just take people to like a really honest place, like a place that you can understand. And I just tell people like, this is honest. You can understand it, but it is really scary. And sometimes people don't want to accept it. You're floating in space on a blue ball. Okay. If that's happening, how much does the problems that you got going on in your life really matter? Your bills, your taxes, whatever you got, all that, your, your kid problems, like how much do they really matter when you're like, I'm floating in space? You'd be like, yeah, but you don't even think about that. So then when I take people there and then I say, hey, just like, so if you get up in the morning, how great is that? Like you can start the day off any way you want. It's scary because you already created a life that is already a system. But if you know, like I'm flowing in space, like I could change the system real quick and do something different. Let me, let me do something. Let me do something I never done today. I'm like, why? Because you know, why not? Like I always argue, always complain, always do these other things. But today I'm thinking about I'm floating in space. Like, uh, I can do anything right now. Like nothing's really impossible. <laughs> let's go do something. Let's try to be positive. Let's try to be something that can be, make change in the world. Cause I mean, in the end of the day, you floating in space. What's the, what's the, you know, like you, what's the biggest deal in your life? I'm floating in space. I can change the system. Tell me what you're reading right now. What are you reading right now? Well, actually I'm reading the giver now. This is a really interesting book. Um, it's hard reading books, not knowing what you're going to get from them because I've never been in, like ingested with information. And it's weird because it's starting to teach me something that's really powerful. And I hope people can catch this because maybe these are my times in life to express it. It's taught me that information is not coming from outside in. Information's coming from inside out. And it's not even the book that's taught me that. It's teaching me that I'm able to interpret what I'm getting because it's already inside of me. So that's so wild because that means there's a lot of intelligence built up in me trying to come out. And I don't even know that like that. I thought it was trying to come in. So I'm over here trying to read a bunch of books to get them in. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what book you read. The intelligence is in you just trying to get out. You just need to operate in reading in any form, shape or any form. That's it. <laughs> the intelligence is already there. And your oh, experience yeah. and your interpretation of the magic of these words is bringing something different to that book than somebody else might have. You and I might read exactly the same book. We will have two yep. entirely different experiences of it. I mean, that's what's yep. so powerful yeah. about reading. And I want to pick up on that. And I want you to remind young people again of what you just said. Like yeah. the intelligence is not what somebody else is giving you. No. You engage with this material and oh. you are bringing your richness and your smarts to it. Yes, Oliver? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you're speaking at a level that I wish in the 90s they spoke about to us. They didn't really speak on this level because I don't think they knew how to speak differences. They spoke sameness. And differences let you know that no brain is ingesting anything the same. So if you're like, I'm looking at you like you fly and you be, they might be looking at you like you, that you have no idea. And that's just how books and reading are. You're ingesting information. And you're like, I feel a little bit like this. And this person might feel totally different from the same book that you read. That's the intelligence of the brain. 
that's what people are starting to accept now that somebody literally might be getting something different than somebody else on this earth that we live on. Not everybody's getting the same exact experience. And we're just now seeing that. So now people can see that, oh my gosh, we have to have a, a complete different type of open mind towards everything we have going on. But it's only going to happen if everybody can see it that way and accept it. You love reading now. Do you ever think about writing? Do you want to write a book? Truth, I'm going to write a book. I'm not thinking about it. Yes, you yeah, are. There's no, there's no yes, you are. <laughs> you are going to write a book and you're going to come back on this podcast and we're going to talk about your book. Um, your journey oh, yeah. is so powerful. You were already a motivation. You're a motivation, not just to people who may be in situations like yours. Uh, you're a motivation to anybody, basically, I think, who wants to really digest the power of a decision. You embody right. And People what you it. have done, your journey embodies, is an example of the power of a decision. So well done. You really honor me with your time. Thank you, Oliver. Thank you. Thank you for having me.